This is an urgent message from the Ministry of Silly Talk. Please stay tuned for further instructions. Folks, head on over to shirtcaviar.com. We got a wide selection of shirts for every occasion. We got a Chi Chi Get the Yayo. We got a F Them Kids, a perfect and amazing holiday stocking stuffer. We got Disrespect the Rich. We got Anything is Possible. We got Rose Headed Hoe with Caviar on the side. And we have one of the most popular summer shirts, The Beach Please. All of these and more at shirtcaviar.com. And make sure you use code OGA for 10% off your order. Hmm. All right. Let's see if this is something we can still do. Welcome. One Welcome to the One Grand Army podcast. Thank you for listening to my daddy's stupid podcast. And remember, his head is full of doo doo, so don't listen to anything he says. Generals. Welcome. To the One Graham Army Podcast. I am Graham. And we're back again. Recording live from the Ministry of Silly Talks. I still don't know if it's Ministry of Silly Talk or Ministry of Silly Talks. Um, as most of you have already sorted out, it's a play on the classic Monty Python sketch, the Ministry of Silly Walk. I don't know why I feel the need to explain that, but I don't think I ever have. Hold on. Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah, we're back. We're doing it again. Not really sure what that means anymore. And I'm going to stop. Because if you listen to the podcast or watch it, they come in sequence. Who cares that it's been three, four, six, eight weeks between them? But we're still plugging away. We are limping. We are dragging this carcass all the way to episode 300 and I'll just say it now it will be something else by then I will figure out something else to do with it I not like I'm not expending any mental energy trying to sort out what this will become where it goes if you're a long time listener thank you for coming back if you're just joining us I apologize profusely but we all know once uh, Tony shout out to Tony Baltimore over at Pod Caviar. Uh, this is a good time for plugs. Don't forget to visit shirtcaviar.com. Buy a shirt. Buy 20 shirts. Use promo code OGA. You save 10%. Listen to Pod Caviar. Subscribe to that podcast wherever you get podcasts. And you got two ears. And we got two podcasts. One Graham Army. Pod Caviar. They are connected. Even if they may seem very disparate. We're working this thing from every angle. But yeah, I'm dragging this one dragging by myself this podcast across the just just sliding it as hard as I can to get to episode 300 and that's more of a personal milestone I don't think it really means that much to anybody else but I want to be like I did 300 episodes of a podcast I did like 200 something of them basically consecutively without missing a beat until the thing happened and then it became more difficult to do technology allowed me to do it with tony still zoom doesn't have the same 
uh, vibe. I don't, I'm not a fan of that word, but boy, it is applicable in so many situations. But we're here. This could very well be the first step to just doing it once, twice a week again until I figure out what to do with it and after we hit episode 300. I think I'm going to go to 299 and then really sort out an absurd way to do 300. I'm almost positive it's going to be live. It may be live in front of an audience, but I I got to get back on the horse here, get with Adam. We may do it in front of an audience at a bar, and then I would have to wait because I'm not doing it without Tony. So I'd have to wait till he came back. It'll be a logistical nightmare, but it could be, you know, very, very fun to do. So we may do that. It may just be a live stream that I spend six months promoting. Uh, we'll just get everybody from everywhere in here. Maybe some of the longtime listeners, shout out to BB, shout out to Loose Assholes. Uh, maybe we'll get them to call in or something. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. From the day I started podcasting to episode 290, whatever this is, I have not had any idea what I was doing. It was just a lot more fun when there was someone else in here learning along with me. And now you're watching me learn. This is like if a stand-up comedian recorded and put out all of their sets while they sucked, uh, which is another fun podcasting trope to use where you compare it to stand-up comedy. Uh, which is tired. And what the hell do I know about stand-up comedy? Uh, anyway, but yeah, we're dragging it. Speaking of dragging, one of the things I know for sure I'm going to do moving forward, because people who know, great. People who don't, uh, don't. But I do intend on whatever happens between now and 300 and maybe beyond, I'm still clinging to the idea that I'm going to be able to do the show in small, you know, segments and bits. And Some people have said that I'm a segment. And that's and there's another bit that never quite landed. Ed McGram, who Tony referred to as Flavor Town Graham, which actually makes a little bit more sense because I was trying to do like an Ed McMahon thing. Uh, if you look at the glasses he's wearing, you know, uh, baby boy, you are act, way past if diapers. You look at You're him, pooping in that potty now. He, he obviously has a severe head injury, but he is wearing like a very Guy Fieri-esque shirt. And really the only Ed McMahon thing about it is the glasses. Which I do still have some. Yeah, they're hanging up over there. I bought them uh, at uh, Walgreens or something. That's very, I'm sure that is fascinating to you as the listener. But the Ed McGram thing, it was a swing and a miss and that's fine. Well, I come from a small town called Exactly Right. But it's still loaded in OBS, so I'm going to keep using it because you can tell by the meandering nature of the first bit of the episode. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot. I do know one of the things I need to do in my life is perhaps, you know, take a vacation. And I'm down. This, This guy has some pretty good ideas about vacationing. Hey everyone, it's Frank Adele. I wish I was in really, 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 really warm, deep water at the beach with women, including white women, black women, and all the other women, including average white women, average black women, overweight white women, overweight black women, things like this. 
and it's doing really great so far. I wish I was rolling in the sand non-stop. Rolling in really soft sand non-stop. And things are great so far. I'm freaking out. I mean, how are you going to disagree with that? You know what I mean? Um, I do think part of what's been holding me up, though, is it's been so long since I really... Well, I haven't been to Chicago in a long time. And anybody who knows me knows that my annual trip to Chicago is sort of where I recharge my batteries and sort of rediscover myself before I come back to responsibility land. Um, but I do think I need one of those. But anyway, I was going to do a segment, and what I meant to say was uh, maybe I need to break this up into segments. I don't know. It's never worked. It's always been a nightmare, but I do. I do intend on talking about things that are a little bit more personal to me, like things I enjoy, not like my personal business. I don't want to end up doing a terrible Bill Burr impression with my podcast, but, um, you know, I don't know. It's weird. The, the timbre of this podcast now, it sounds like this is the first one I've ever done. And I could have just started doing it instead of talking about doing it, which I think I did last. This is unbearable. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise. It's time to sports in your shorts. And that's a segment intro I did before I was going to talk about sports. And what I meant to say was I'm probably going to do that a little bit more frequently. I'm not even sure if I'm going to do it now, but I like that segment intro because it has fart sounds in it. And that's, uh, that's okay. Um, I'm learning to accept the things that I think are funny may not be the things that you think are funny or as funny as I think they are. Uh, but yeah, let's just update all the goings ons here. You guys know the cartoon gut feast is coming along quite well. Uh, there haven't been a lot of updates. It was supposed to release in the spring, but the length of time it takes to get it constructed when you're a one-man animation team and audio editor and video editor and writer and director, it takes a long time. So, I don't know. We annou I announced it uh, around Halloween last year, so maybe this year uh, maybe we get it out by Halloween. There'll be more little bits and pieces. Don't forget, when it comes to the content creation and making of this cartoon, that you could really help out by going to patreon.com slash onegramarmy. And if people start doing that, I'll start putting cool behind-the-scenes stuff up and maybe like letting you guys in on how I'm doing it and how it comes together. Because there is a fun part of the process uh, that I did do on a live stream once where I show how each little individual bit goes together and then how the sound and the little interstitial... Uh, images kind of give it, uh, it, bring it to life, you know, from the rudimentary pixel animation I use all the way up until the final product. So if you haven't seen the trailer for Gut Feast, if you're watching this, it's on this YouTube channel. If you're listening to this podcast where you get podcasts, go to my YouTube channel. I do know it's One Gram Army. I don't know. It's, the, it's One Gram Army everywhere. You can Google One Gram Army and all the socials and everything are there. I don't know why people still do that, where they go, where can people find you? And then they give off a list of slightly different handles in their YouTube channel and their Twitch. And like it, you just go to Google. It should all be in one thing because I've really made a brand of myself. 
Um, but yeah, I did the, the, the news of the day is AI, and I don't want to waste too much time on it because it is it has become hack already, which is an interesting thing about the technology because AI generated imaging and chat GPT in any sort of really functional application is brand new and already kind of old, if that makes any sense. Uh, if you're on the YouTube channel or you should go to it, um, I'll do actually I'll do this now because it, it's something I had been wanting to. Uh, it's something I had been wanting to bring up for a while. Let me find it. I obviously did not have it at the ready. Uh, no, 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 no. But so something I did was I made. I guess I'll start from the beginning. There's a there is a uh, bubbling uproar of sorts regarding AI all over the world right now, especially among content uh, people who create content. There's a writer's strike going on right now. And one of their big demands is not letting AI do their jobs, which I understand. In, on one hand, though, unfortunately, automation has been taking people's jobs since, you know, the first guy used a longer stick to move something than the guy whose job it was to move things. And then that made it easier. You needed less people, you know, all the way up through, you know, cotton gin and you know, looms and whatever. Anything you could, anything you can think of that required, made it so it would took less people and less time to create something. It's always left somebody in the lurch. This is the first time in human history, though, automation is coming for, I don't know, non-manual labor jobs, more white-collar jobs, creative jobs. I don't know if it's good. I'm not agreeing with it, but I do take the position that it's we're kind of beyond the point where we can ask it to go away. It's, it is inevitable. Right. And it's not only inevitable, it's right now. It's happening right now. I don't know the ins and outs of the Writers Guild of America or their, you know, labor disputes. I am a long standing fan of organized labor. I certainly, you know, whatever my support means to any of those people, probably nothing. But whatever, I support their concerns and. I do think that in some respects they should be being paid more. Now, streaming services have kind of topped out, so I'm not sure exactly what they're going to get. I know they don't want to let AI write shows, although <laughs> this whole thing does remind me of the South Park episode with Awesomeo, where Cartman pretends to be the robot, and he ends up in Hollywood pitching movies, and every movie pitch is like, ah, uh, Adam Sandler is like, uh, and then like it just shits out a bunch of Adam Sandler movie pitches. Somehow South Park, somehow that has become real because chat GPT can totally do that. Right. And I, and if you consider the lack of original films and television shows being made as far as in the massive scope, the biggest all of the biggest whatevers are spinoffs, sequels, prequels, and it's never ending. Nobody has nobody has had a new idea in a very long time. 
So I don't know if ChatGPT can do it. Let's take a look here real quick, actually, because I've never done this. Um, pitch an Adam Sandler movie where he is a baseball umpire. Uh, all right, see, so th it's already doing it, right? And this is what I'm saying. I don't know that the Writers Guild is going to be able to hold this off. I'm again, I'm not I'm not against them. I just don't think that they are I don't know that they are quite uh where did it go? This is not the website. Sorry, hold on a second. There we go. I just don't know that they are aware of how far down the rabbit hole we are. Because here, you know, if you're if you're making widgets, and a machine could make a widget faster than ten people. Why continue letting the widget makers make the widgets if you're, you know, a greedy corporation? Again, they should be paying writers. They shouldn't use AI to write movies, but it's going to happen. And it's not like it's going to happen. It's happening. Here's uh, I'm using this text to speech thing. So if it's too unbearable. I'll just read it. But it, it, here is what chat GPT came up with. I told it to pitch an Adam Sandler movie uh, where he's a baseball umpire. Title, Strike Zone Sandler. Logline, in Strike Zone Sandler, comedy superstar Adam Sandler steps into the shoes of a hapless baseball umpire who finds himself in the middle of outrageous situations on and off the field. All while attempting to regain his lost love for the game. Synopsis. See what I'm saying? Adam Sandler portrays Mike Thompson, a down-on-his-luck former minor league baseball player whose dreams of making it to the big leagues were shattered by an unfortunate injury. Now, years later, he's become a disillusioned umpire who spends his days making questionable calls in low-stakes local games. All right. Mike's Sounds life like takes an, Adam an unexpected movie. turn when he receives a call from his estranged father, a legendary umpire who was forced into retirement due to scandal. In his father's absence, a villainous umpire, played by a comedic rival, has taken control of the profession and is ruling the game with an iron fist. Motivated to redeem his family's name and restore integrity to the sport, Mike takes on the challenge of making a comeback. See? With a ragtag team of misfit umpires and the support of his quirky friends, he embarks on a hilarious journey to regain his position as the top umpire in the league. See, and you already know who these quirky friends are going to be. I'm going to let it finish, but you can see it in your head. As Mike officiates games, he encounters a motley crew of eccentric players, irate coaches, and unruly fans. Each encounter provides ample opportunities for Adam Sandler's trademark humor, blending physical comedy, witty one-liners, and absurd situations. From mistaking a mascot for a real animal to engaging in a wild argument with an overzealous coach, Mike's antics keep audiences in stitches throughout the film. Beyond the baseball field, Mike's personal life becomes intertwined with his professional endeavors. He reconnects with an old flame, a spirited baseball-loving woman who becomes his biggest supporter. 
Their rekindled relationship adds a heartfelt layer to the film as Mike rediscovers his passion for the game and finds love in the process. Strike Zone Sandler captures the essence of classic Adam Sandler comedies while infusing it with the charm and excitement of America's favorite pastime. The film's blend of slapstick humor, heartwarming moments, and Sandler's comedic prowess guarantees a hilarious and uplifting experience for audiences of all ages. Genre, Comedy, Sports Target audience, fans of Adam Sandler's comedic style, baseball enthusiasts, and general audiences looking for a feel-good, laughter-filled movie experience. Uh, so you see what I'm saying? Right? It's, it's like automation in any way, right? You automate the automotive industry as far as building, and you just put all these people out of work and, you know, decimate an entire swath of the country and take people who were, you know, union workers earning a living enough to, like, you know, live the American dream, and you get rid of them, and now you have robots, and you need, like, you know, you go from needing, like, 500 people to like, I don't know, like 10 to kind of 10 to the robots, which is inevitably what's going to happen here. You don't need, you're not going to need no writers. Again, I don't think this is good. I'm just telling you what I see coming. You're not going to need no writers, but you're going to need less. You just let chat GPT fart out one of these things. I was even lovely listening to the AI read it. I mean, not lovely. I'll be. I will admit it is. It it is a bit much. But I mean, it wrote the pitch perfectly. Bloop. And then now you can give. Now you have. Now you don't need writers to write pitches, right? And you don't have to go to pitch meetings, which I imagine for people is probably a big part of it, right? Um, ooh, my watch looks nice. Sorry. Um, the. But that's the reality of it. That Adam Sandler movie is that pitch once fully fleshed out by a what will end up being a I mean I'm not going to make it do it right now uh, well we'll see but I am I bet you let's see here uh write a rough draft script for the first minute of this film let's see what it says Okay, see, it's already doing it, right? This is this is what I'm saying. And I haven't even played with it to make it do this. I usually just force feed it stupid stuff like what would happen? Well, I did do one fun thing with it, but I'll we'll get to that. But like Oh, I usually am like what would happen if the Borg and the Death Star collided or like what is uh, you know Tell me a short story about people falling in love while playing with Legos. That's not a real one. I'm just literally make me a parody song about how fat my cat is. Stuff like that. And it does it all fine. And I enjoy that. But this it literally it just did it. It wrote the first it wrote the first part of this. I don't know if it's going to sound very coherent, but it just did it. Uh, exterior baseball field. A sun-drenched baseball field comes into view with players warming up and fans settling into their seats. The sounds of chatter, laughter, and the crack of the bat fill the air. The camera pans to home plate where a scruffy-looking Adam Thompson, 40s disheveled hair and a worn-out umpire uniform, stands with a confident but wary expression. Adam, voiceover, baseball jargon. All right, folks, let's play some ball. 
The crowd cheers as Adam raises his hand to signal the start of the game. He adjusts his mask and positions himself behind the catcher. The catcher whispering, Hey, Ump, just remember, I need that outside corner today. Adam flashes a smile, nods, and signals for the first pitch. The pitcher winds up and a fastball whizzes towards the plate. Sound effect. Thwack. Adam raises his right arm and shouts, Strike! Yeah, that's a strike. The crowd erupts with a mix of cheers and boos. Adam grins, savoring the momentary triumph. However, the next pitch comes in low and inside. Adam, ball? The catcher and batter exchange glances, equally confused by the call. Batter, sarcastically. Really, ump? That was a strike. Adam, defensively. Well, I uh, I call it how I see it. The fans' murmurs grow louder as dissatisfaction spreads through the stands. And then there's a voiceover. I've seen better days, but hey, at least the nachos are good. Adam looks over to the concession stand, his attention momentarily diverted. Suddenly, a ball flies straight into Adam's face. Adam is knocked backwards, tumbling over the umpire's gear and onto the ground. The crowd gasps and laughter erupts. As Adam struggles to regain his composure, the camera zooms in on his face, revealing a grin. Adam, to himself, guess I missed that one, huh? The scene fades out, leaving audiences eager to discover what misadventures await Adam in his quest for umpire redemption. Now, you could argue that that wasn't entirely in line with the uh, the pitch itself, but it's the same movie, and you see, like, you see what just happened there. That was how long that took. What did it cost me? How is that any worse than anything else that's being made right now? Maybe that's the challenge. Maybe creativity is now on on notice that you're going to need to have a new idea if you want to continue to do this. But I, like I said, this is these are the next steps in automation. You're not going to need so many lawyers, so many writers. They will still be a demand for them, but it will it's going to diminish and I I don't even want to say unless someone does something because I don't even know that there's a thing that can be done. But you can't stop it. It's here. It exists. You'd have to file some sort of injunction against not just ChatGPT, which is the you know AI du jour, but against any chatbot, language model, robot, software, hardware, whatever. You'd have to you, you'd have to stop it outright, and they're not going to do it. It's it's learning now. It's more effective at what it does every little bit of every, every little increment of time passes. It's getting more and more effective at doing what it does. Write an argument in favor of letting AI write film movies. Okay, this is writing a kind of a long one. Uh, but it's doing it right now, and it's making some very valid points. Ah, uh, dang it. I really wanted it to do it and stop generating. In a single, there we go, in a single paragraph, write an argument for letting AI write films no more than... All right, here we go. I want to see if it'll stick to the 
I want to see if it'll stick to its. Um, uh, no, it's not. It, this is many paragraphs. So there you go. You know, it, even this as a writer is uh, long winded. But yeah, I I gotta stop reading that. Sorry, I go down I go down this rabbit hole with ChatGPT all the time, where I just want it to read things to me. And like I said, I don't mean to be dark, and we haven't joined each other in a long time, and I'm kind of trying to get back to what me and Tony would do, where I would go off on these long, rambling rants and be largely wrong. That's fine. I, I don't owe you any sort of intellectual honesty. I'm just telling you what I think. And all of this is evolving so quickly. Who, you know, who knows where we'll be in six months? And I mean that. Like, I'm just some ding-dong with a computer. It's not like a particularly sick computer either i mean it's nice it's nice but like i'm just i'm i just did this here for the 12 people that are going to watch this and the 50 people that are going to listen to it i just don't see the insanely greedy people over at disney not just letting it pitch the next you know star wars prequel you know I see, and that's the thing too. I don't know if it has a. I don't know if ChatGPT specifically has a problem with using intellectual property, which is a problem. There are problems related to people's ownership of their own intellectual property that are popping up with AI. Again, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? In two hundred words, uh, well, here I'll just let it do this. Pitch a short film about Luke. Here we go. Luke Skywalker's uncle. Uncle Owen, a Star Wars story. It's already doing it. It's writing the short film. Like, it's doing it right now. It's using all of the Star Wars stuff, right? Here, we'll just get like, we'll just grab a little, just a little snip of it. Right. How long is it? Uh, it's not that long. Here, let's whatever. Where are we going? Hopefully, you're doing something else other than just like staring at this. And is, this is okay for background entertainment. And I also got to stop doing that. You're either listening or you're not. And I don't care what you're doing while you're listening to an extent. Title Uncle Owen, a Star Wars story. Log line. In this short film set in the Star Wars universe, we delve into the untold story of Owen Lars, Luke Skywalker's uncle. Witness the struggles, sacrifices, how and is unwavering this any, determination. How is this any different than what Disney's doing? Witness the struggles, sacrifices, and unwavering determination that shaped Owen's life on Tatooine before he became the guardian of a young Jedi. Synopsis. Int. Lars Homestead so doesn't know day. interior, but still. the scorching desert sun beats down on a humble moisture farm. We meet Owen Lars toiling under the harsh conditions, repairing droids and maintaining the farm's machinery. Owen's steadfast demeanor reveals his deep sense of responsibility and dedication. EXT Tatooine Desert Day. Owen embarks on a treacherous journey across the dunes, battling sandstorms and dangerous creatures to secure vital supplies for the farm. Along the way, we witness his resourcefulness and cunning as he outweets Jawas in a tense negotiation for necessary equipment. Interior. Int. Lars Homestead Int. Tatooine Night. 
Owen shares a meal with his wife, Baru Lars. They discuss their dreams for a better life, expressing their desire to leave Tatooine and find a safer environment for their future family. Int. Tatooine Cantina Day. See, this is Owen doing it. Owen overhears rumors of the Empire's tightening grip on the galaxy and the rise of the Rebellion. He listens intently, conflicted by the desire to protect his family and the growing realization that they may need to take a stand against tyranny. EXT, Lars Homestead, Tatooine Day Owen trains with a makeshift weapon, honing his combat skills in preparation for an uncertain future. His determination to defend his loved ones and uphold justice echoes through each powerful swing. Right, it's not swing. that much more of it. I'm just going to let it run. Int. Lars Homestead, Tatooine Night Owen gazes up at the Tatooine night sky, contemplating the destiny of his nephew, Luke Skywalker. We witness a mixture of hope and concern in his eyes, as he understands the responsibility he will soon bear in shaping Luke's future. The short film concludes me with a poignant idea. scene as Owen embraces Baru, drawing strength from their unwavering love and shared commitment to protect the Skywalker legacy. Uncle Owen, a Star Wars story offers a captivating exploration of the character of Owen Lars, shedding light on the unsung hero who played a vital role in Luke Skywalker's journey. This short film celebrates the resilience, sacrifice, and unwavering determination of a man whose choices ultimately shaped the destiny of a galaxy far, far away. Genre, science fiction, adventure. Here we go. Target it's audience, Star Wars all home fans, now. fans of character-driven stories, and audiences who appreciate the exploration of untold narratives within established universes. So there you have it, right? I mean, that's that's it. And everybody knows this. And I'm not going to do this one of these things where I'm like, and everything I just said was written by ChatGPT. But it is worth exploring not only the possibilities but what it's doing right now. It's doing this right now. I just did it. Again, stupid guy who owns a computer recording a podcast. I just did it. Give me a million dollars, right? No, they'll be like, we'll pay the power bill and not give anybody any of this money, and then we'll just make the movie. It's going to be a very, it's an uphill battle for the people who do those kinds of things. And I'm talking as a guy who's in the middle of making a cartoon. The idea for my cartoon came out of my own head 20 years ago, but, you know, what value is that going to have? I mean, it's not, I'm not arguing that my cartoon's going to have any value to the world. I'm just saying that, like, what value does that have as a skill set in the face of this? You know, I this technology is reasonably new, but by I keep using the comparison that this is like farriers and people that build buggies for horses protesting the Ford Motor Company in 1972. It's, it has this feel that it's way behind the curve. So we'll just, we'll have to see. I think I'm right. In this instance, I'm rarely convinced of my correctness, but in this case, I think I'm right. Just how retarded are you? Very. Um, but I think we did, I think we did okay here. You know, I came in here very unprepared and this feels good to get get the feet back under us, you know? Just coming in here and vibing. We don't need to fucking practice, Randy! You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yeah, so that will do it in large measure. I'm going to take us out 
with something I uh, had been meaning to mention before. This goes right along with the, you know, sports in your shorts segment. Some people have said that I'm a segment. I'm not letting it go. Uh, But the times can get difficult. We've all, I've experienced, we're not going to get into it, but times get rough, right? We're always, we should be looking for things that make us feel good, make us laugh, make us happy. And I want to tell a little, and many people are familiar with this, and I think I've played it on the podcast in the past no less than like 150 times. But I've made a promise to myself that no matter what this podcast becomes or where it goes, my plan is to, from now on, end every program by playing George Brett telling the story about pooping his pants. If you don't know who George Brett is, one of the greatest players in the history of the Kansas City Royals franchise and possibly in baseball history. Uh, this video came from a spring training when he was working for the Royals. Uh, if you n- don't, don't watch the video, and to be fair, I'm not sure YouTube's going to let me keep this on here once everything's processed, so you, the audio-only people may be the only ones to get this. So if you're watching on YouTube, I apologize if it cuts off. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I say it's fair use. I'm dumb uh, and don't know how those things work. But... This is when he was, this is at a spring training. He's working with the team. The kids he's talking to, he walks up to them and tells them this story unsolicited, right? Nobody asked him to tell them this story. And these are just young kids trying to make the team. And the greatest, definitely the greatest player in the history of that franchise uh, walks up to them. I mean, arguably Bo Jackson didn't play for very long. Uh, walks up to them and tells them this story. So, before I play it, I do want to say thank you. I hope you made it this far. If you did, you're a real trooper. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do more uh, with this AI thing. I promise. Um, oh, and I wanted to conclude that also by saying it's something you're gonna have to learn to work with. I don't know what episode number it is, but if you go back years ago, Tony and I did an episode about robots and AI and. You know, when Boston Dynamics was making the news, God knows what they're doing now because I haven't heard from them in a while. Uh, but the the gist of the episode, my argument was like, you can be as afraid or as resistant to it as you want to be, but it's coming. And you will accept it. I don't know where the quote comes from, but one time I heard someone say that the very worst thing about human beings is that they can get used to anything. You take that home with you. Here's George Brett talking about pooping his pants, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Uh, don't forget, if you want to help out with the cartoon or any of that, patreon.com slash onegramarmy, uh, or you can make a one-time donation using uh, co-fee.com slash onegramarmy. That's ko-fi.com slash onegramarmy. And it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, but I don't know that I've heard. Uh, check this out. Right side, back to the right, gentlemen, both hands, right side. Oh, and I apologize, and I'm just only going to say this once. The audio is clearly recorded with like a parabolic microphone, so there's like some interference, and it's louder and quieter and louder and quieter. But enjoy. Of. So left side. I shit my pants last night. <laughs> I did. 
went out and had a great meal, just a great fucking meal. And I had to go to the bathroom so bad in the car. I'm going, travel, hurry up, man. I got to shit. I had fucking shit in my pants. I went and just... I'm good uh, twice a year for that. When was the last time you shit your pants? Yeah. Been a while? I was in Vegas a couple years ago. Just an honest to God true story. Staying at the Bellagio. I went over to the Mirage for dinner, met some friends of mine over there. Went to Kokomo, it's a great little steakhouse. The guy brings out some fresh crab legs. He just came in, I gotta give them to you guys. Brings I'm eating them. Then we go play gamble a little bit. So I have a tea time early in the morning. So I said, look, I gotta get going. I'm walking back to the hotel. I get three quarters of the way out of the lobby and all of a sudden I go, oh fuck. And I'm standing here like this. I got my butt pinched so fucking. I'm, I'm fucked. I can't move. All of a sudden, you know, felt all right. I went just like this. Water. I had some food poisoning from the crabs. Take off my leather jacket. Tied it around my waist. And I'm just standing there, and it's just running down my leg. I got jeans on, black bucks, no socks. And uh, I just start fucking walking. Every time I'm walking... Something's coming out. It's water. Straight fucking water. Then, to show you how sick I was, tell you how sick I was, then I'm standing outside and I got on my cell phone and I call the guy. I said, Larry, you won't believe this. I'm standing outside the fucking Bellagio. I can't move. I got shit everywhere. I shit all over myself. And Larry's about a 48 waist. So he brings me over a pair of pants and, a, and some towels and some towels. And so he then he comes over and he meets me where I'm. I tell him where I'm standing. Okay. He finds the closest bathroom. When you go up the escalator, you go into the fuck. I can't get in the elevator. So so he goes in. He finds the closest bathroom in the lobby of the hotel. And then I get in the escalator. And he kind of pretends like he dropped something, so no one gets behind me. Tells me where it is. I go in there. He goes and gets the towel all wet for me, throws it over the fucking stall. I take off all my fucking clothes, just wipe off, leave my shoes, left my shoes, my pants, everything right there, the towels right there in the stall, and I'm walking barefoot with my shirt and his pants that are 48 waist through the lobby like this at midnight. Got up in the morning, took the most perfect double tapered shit I've ever had in my life. True story. Who's the pitchers in this game? <laughs> okay, sorry, I don't mean to continue, but if you made it, you may have noticed that there's more podcast after this because I completely forgot while going on my AI rant that I wanted to share this with you guys. So this is something else that I made with the assistance of AI, and I am not going to respond to any more criticism related to this, uh, the jokes not being that funny. I didn't write the jokes. The point of the exercise was to let ChatGPT make its own comedy special. So I just asked it, and ChatGPT, you, Chat you got to work around. It's funny. It'll be like, I'm not doing that. I asked it to do a Ted Kaczynski stand-up special, you know, the Unabomber, um, and ChatGPT went, you can't do that. And so all I had to do was basically be like, essentially go, hey, pretend you could do this. What would it sound like? And then it goes, oh, okay, and it does it. So I, Skynet, it ain't, you know what I mean? Um, but this is available on the YouTube channel, and we're just filling time here anyway, and why not just dump all of it at once? 
this is the stand-up comedy special I made. I'm responsible for the audio, all, all the sound design and putting it together and everything. But AI generated the images and the content, and I just made it into something that looks and sounds like a comedy special, which was the point of the exercise, which also in some respects should probably bring some consolation to writers and comedians that it ain't there yet. You know what I mean? It's it's not quite there. It understands setup and punchline, but I don't really think it understands what's funny yet. But with no further ado, this is also available standalone on the YouTube channel that's say the comedy special Cabin Fever by AI Ted Kaczynski. And after and after this we really will wrap up. So thank you again. Ladies and gentlemen, obviously that's the me. comedy stylings of the Unabomber. You know what they say, the internet is forever. Unless, of course, you're using a dial-up connection. Then, it just feels like forever. Apparently, they're developing a virtual reality game that simulates going outside. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? It's called Nature Quest. Because why actually experience the world when you can just pretend to? I heard they're coming out with a new social media app that lets you share your thoughts directly from your brain. Wow, because posting from your phone wasn't mindless enough. Soon we'll all be walking around like zombies, glued to our screens and sharing every random thought that pops into our heads. <laughs> Have you heard about this new smart fridge that tells you when you're out of milk? I mean, when did we become so lazy that we can't even open the door and check for ourselves? <laughs> the other day, I was driving through a big city and I saw a billboard that read, The future is now. Yeah. I bet the people in that city would love to have a future that looks like my cabin in the woods. <laughs> have you heard about this new app that tells you when to breathe? I mean, if you need your smartphone to remind you how to inhale and exhale, we're in bigger trouble than I thought. <laughs> I recently tried to write a letter by hand and realized I could barely remember how to hold a pen. Maybe I had a point about the dangers of technology taking over our lives. <laughs> the other day, I saw someone walking down the street with a selfie stick. I mean, what happened to just asking a stranger to take a picture for you? Oh wait, I forgot, we don't talk to strangers anymore. You know what I miss most about the old days before technology took over? Polio. Back then, we all had a common enemy to fight, and it brought us together. Now we're all just staring at screens, completely isolated. Thank you, I'm Ted Kaczynski and I hope I didn't bomb.